Hello, apartment friends. It's me, Leslie Mathis, with the Multifamily Streamline Podcast. Last time we talked about surprise and delight, as promised, we are finally back with what that means for the resident and how to reduce churn. But first, let me say thank you for sticking with me over the last year, even though I haven't posted in months. On the next episode, I will tell you what I've been up to. But for now, please know it means a lot to me that you have still been listening and sharing the episodes that have been posted. So back at it. Y'all, I love the word churn. That is what we are doing when we don't create enough of an experience to keep the resident with us longer than their first lease term. Listen, don't get all technical on me. I know that some of you are in military markets and some of you want to hold on to that in air quotes. Everyone's buying a home. And yes, I completely understand what's going on in our markets with home sales and purchases. But as usual, I ask you to hear me out. Before we dive in further, I know there has been a substantial gap in time from the last episode. Time permitting, maybe it makes sense for you to go back and listen to the first session of Surprise and Delight before you commit to the Sticky Style edition. So we talked about it previously and compared this to the Insanity Wheel, but it is time we take action and define truly how we can use our leasing techniques of surprise and delight for more than just the initial commitment from the prospect, but actually turn them into a sticky resident. We create the experience so strongly that they never want to leave or look for a home. Gosh, you guys, this seems like it would be easier today than ever due to the home prices in our markets. How can we create an environment where they don't want to participate in the madness and poke holes in that lie they were sold all those years that owning a home is the American dream? I don't believe that BS and can think of 20 reasons you shouldn't either. (laughs) But let's show our residents. The older demographic is already bought in. Ask them. They are over the yard work and filter changes and want all the amenities. They are the best renters by choice and the easiest to make sticky. So let's unpack that. How do we create that dream and what does it take for the dream to become a reality? Well, we can't just make people feel good during the leasing process. We need to make the full experience easy and smooth. Easy being the operative word, especially on move-in day. Guys, don't do lease signing on move-in day. People are just too preoccupied. Make it a key or fob pickup day only, but put some goodies in their unit. Toilet paper and plunger are not a moving gift. I repeat, not a moving gift, period. But throw some water and some other things in their fridge that they're going to need. What a great surprise if they open the drawer and there's a a trash bag and a few other things that they forgot that they're going to need. But again, this is not a moving gift. This is all to make their life easier. Schedule an elevator or loading dock time, whatever easy means at your property. Hire movers for the morning to help the new move-ins. This one goes a long ways. Let them know what to do with their boxes. This one saves you too. Then don't forget them after move-in day. Call and check on them to see how the process went. This one is one of the biggest complaints from leaseholders. We forget them after they move in. They just become a rent check. Don't be that statistic. So what? You don't have the budget? Figure it out. That's what we have to do. We figure out what is important to us. Dollar store note cards, birthday cards, cheap candy, prepackaged cookies. Again, the thoughtfulness will add up in making a meaningful impact. Now, let's take it a step further. What would that equate to financially for your property? 
First, if we are an established property, we have to somehow capture the existing residents. It is easy to start all new with move-ins and get them on a monthly touch point, but how do we address the existing? I start with the upcoming 90-day renewals and then work backwards from there. This takes some work, but again, don't miss an opportunity. And a good lesson for lease-ups, start now. For budgeting purposes, we can assume a generous budget of $50 per resident. On a 300-unit deal, that is $15,000 a year. Y'all, we spend that on pool parties sometimes or in our coffee machines. Get sponsors, skip the pool party this year to cover the Touchpoint program. I promise this will create more impact. Before we begin, we need to understand our current turnover. You will need to evaluate how many people you are sending renewals to and how many are accepting the offer versus giving notice. To calculate your turnover, we simply take the number of notices for the year and divide by the number of expirations. That will give you your turnover rate. If you are over 50% turn, unless you are military or student property, we can bring that number down. My goal when I started this process was to reduce mine from 55% to 47 On a 300-unit deal, that would be reducing turnover by 24 units. What does that look like from a turn cost reduction standpoint? Say on the low side, it costs $650 to turn a unit paint, cleaning, carpet cleaning, not considering the time from the service tech to turn. And then the unit sits vacant an average of 14 more days for a total of 19. At an average rent of $25 a day, again, probably low for most of us. And then an average, we spend another 300 worth of marketing efforts. With this scenario, this unit turnover cost as a minimum was $14.25 before the new resident moved in. $14.25 versus a touch point budget of $50 seems like an easy win to me. Or another way to look at it, we realize $34,000 in in turnover cost reduction by spending $15 in resident retention. Again, this scenario of 300 units, you would reduce turn cost alone by $15,600. Vacancy would reduce by 11400 Marketing is a tough one to really capture. That is why I do a low $300 per turn, but potentially you could lower marketing annually by $7,200. Again, hard to capture, but I would still say reasonable. The, the net is 19200 in reduced expenses and vacancy. And we haven't even talked about those 24 renewal increases. What if they all renewed at a 3% increase or perhaps higher? Today's market would be much higher. My lowest average increase today in the portfolio is 8%. Hopefully those 24 we saved are the ones that are paying close to market or above, but we will dive into that detail on another episode. At Woodfield, we embrace this with our 2020 budget process, but then the world exploded and several of our teams were holding on for dear life. There's no doubt this took a back burner to everything else going on. I would say in July, we pick things back up, or at least over the next few months that follow, but definitely by the end of this year, we have trackable data. I can tell you that our portfolio turnover is now all below 50%, which is meaningful. Now, going into year two, 
this is my goal to get everyone below 45%. This is even how I underwrite all new deals. If rolled out, you would want to do the same thing, striving each year to reduce turnover by several percent until you are get to the point that you can't push any further. You see, you don't have to just accept the industry standard. We can always strive to do better. Sometimes that means we just need a different approach. And guess what that means? You are now the one setting the industry standard. You are now leading the pack. So what did we do right out of the gate? We just got started. Right, wrong, or indifferent, we had to get started. If we sat looking at our old school binder, it was just too overwhelming. So we just jumped in. With all new move-ins, we created my favorite sheet and allowed people to tell us their favorite restaurant, beer, drink, candy, whatever the team felt like they wanted to embrace. The team had to embrace it. They wanted to be needed to be excited about it. Then we added a special days to the sheet, birthday, anniversary. We quickly learned on some deals we needed to make it easier on ourselves. Like, what is your favorite candy of these three? Then we made sure we had that candy always on hand and we then we attached it when we did our service request or however. And then next, we attacked what would be our 12 touch points. What would they look like working within the budget? Welcome gift, a little cheat since that isn't another budget line item. A thank you note at day 30 or one month anniversary. Check in text, special invite to an event on month two. A sparkle cleaning on month three, negotiate it with a cleaning service. Month four, a special pet treat. People are crazy about their pets me included, Henry sitting next to me right now, like make it special for their pets. Month five, a gift card for their birthday. Month six, a call to check in to see if they have need any work orders um, completed and then leave them their favorite candy. Month seven, you get the picture. Month eight, happy anniversary card. Month nine, favorite drink or a small gift left in their apartment, so forth and so on. You could do half birthdays or anything that you think of that's fun. A $5 Starbucks gift card. Right now, I know you can send people a mimosa. Like, do something. The possibilities are endless. And then think about it. Renewal time rolls around and they won't want to leave. That puts, because why would you want to leave when somebody puts your favorite beer in your fridge a few times a year? All right. So what are the next steps for you? Just get started. Start now on all new move-ins and then tackle the renewals. Start at 90 days and work your way backwards. The 30 and 60 days you have already sent renewals out to you, if we're being honest, you probably already lost those. Let's focus on ones that you have a shot at. Now, all the questions. What other companies are doing this? No idea. Who cares? Focus on you and how you can be better. Now, the flip side, poke around and feel free to steal shamelessly. What if I don't have a budget for this? I would say find some money. This is meaningful and a game changer. Go back and listen to examples on what you spend versus what you save. That net 19200 in the example has a positive impact on NOI compounded by the increased rent growth. Brokers use NOI to dictate the value of your asset, which means we all win. I personally focus on revenue, on our lease-ups, but this is 100% an expense reduction that nobody can poke a hole in, and you now have happier, stickier residents. 
you are even more of a rock star for increasing NOI and the owner is going to be happy due to the increased value of the asset. I would like to wrap up with this. One more thought. Perhaps we expand on this on the next episode. As you all know, the single family home sale industry has went insane. So some of you call it hot, but insanity is all I can think of. We might have a different opinion here, but I will never wrap my head around why people would overpay for a home. What happens when the economy crashes? And it will. But because of what we are seeing in single family sales, we are also seeing increased activity in a lot of our markets. We are seeing higher occupancy and higher rents than we've ever seen. There is a real need for people to pull back on concessions because they truly are not needed. But I digress. Recently, we have had times week after week, even after pushing rents, still closing out with double digits. I've had three properties over over 20 net leases in a week with no large concessions offered, only small gift cards on two deals. One had 24 net leases and no concessions or gift cards. So what is my point? Yes, our markets are hot and people are choosing to rent versus buy. Maybe they've been pushed into this choice, but it opens an opportunity for us. Some are sitting out the buying until things calm down, and some can't win the bidding war. But nonetheless, we can't allow our new busy to keep us from rolling out our touchpoint program. We have to find a way to still create the meaningful impact. We have an opportunity to create a new wave of renter by choice. We can take this short-term resident and turn them into a lifer, but If we get caught up in all the leasing excitement and miss the opportunity to make them sticky or convert them to a lifer, we will be drowning in our sorrows and negative rent trade-out created when they finally go buy their new home. This is a true window of opportunity. We just shouldn't miss out. I don't want you to look up in six months from now and have regrets. Assign the task to a team member or split up the opportunity. Whatever you have to do, just don't miss out. See you back here soon.